Okay, so um, we have a lot that we can do tonight. I'm going to try to see how much you get done. A bit I'm going to read more inside than other times because, as I'll explain in a minute, I found some very, very helpful things tonight. Now we're going to start, as we usually do, with something from the Shemesh Shmuel. And he picks up on something in the Chumash that um, I, I never noticed. We have the mitzvah of Korban Pesach in this week's parasha. And that is this lamb, this seh, which we were commanded to take, seh lebeit avod seh lebeit. Right? The seh, you would form a group, a chabura, for the Korban Pesach. Everyone would invest together in this lamb. So Hashem describes it in this way. He says, Dabru kol adas Okay, Hashem gives the command to take the Korban Pesach. Now, a few pages later, or Psukim later, when Moshe Rabbeinu tells them, He says to them, He added in a word that Hashem didn't say. Mishchu literally means to pull, to draw, right? In fact, the way an animal is purchased, what seals the purchase is what's called mishicha, right? When you pull the animal towards you, that's how it moves from the domain of the previous owner into yours. So Rashi brings the famous chazal here. It says, right, mishchu yidechem ukhulochem selepesach. Pull your hands away from idolatry and take a sheep for Korban Pesach. That was Moshe's add-in. Hashem just told him, take a sheep for Korban Pesach. Moshe Rabbeinu adds in this mishchu, this pull away or stay away from it. Now, were Am Yisrael involved in Avar in Mitzrayim? You betcha. Okay, this is um, the Medrash brings and the, the Psukim in Yechezkel, right? Yechezkel speaks about this. There are a few parts in Yechezkel where it speaks about the Mitzrayim process that adds things in for us. Hang on one second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so please, everybody, make a l'chaim in honor of the yard sites and in honor of all good things. Yeah, so the Medrash says, Yisrael, you find that Am Yisrael, when they were in Egypt, they used to serve idolatry, and they did not want to leave it. This is what it says in Yechezkel. The abominable things that they had, meaning idolatry, the Jews didn't want to separate from them. Hashem said to Moshe, You got to stop them. In order to redeem them, they've got to right, detox from the Avarazar and Mitzrayim. Go tell them to drop these wrong deeds and to deny idolatry. Okay, so this was what Moshe Rabbeinu added in, but Hashem didn't say that. 
Why would Moshe Rabbeinu, again, we can see why he would do it, and the Medrash provides the basis, and logically it makes sense to us. But to add that in, in the actual command, has to be very keen, very integral. So this is what the Shem Shmuel says to explain it. He says, Yeah. He asks, you have to think about this deeply. If Hashem didn't say this, why would Moshe Rabbeinu add it in? Now he says, This is referred to in all the Sfarim as a given, that the Jewish people, aside from their very degraded physical state of slavery, they reached what was called the 49th gate of Tuma, about as far as you go without disappearing. Now Tuma says the Shem Yishmo, I've explained many times, is a lotion of timtum. Timtum means blockage, stoppage, that your heart is blocked, that you can't feel. And he says that's what Tuma does. So the Jewish people couldn't feel anything. They're about to approach a very, very great moment. They were told, you're going to go free. It took a long time. There was a process. There were the ten makos. And now Moshe Rabbeinu is preparing them for it, and they don't feel anything. So he says, why is that so important? I mean, Hashem can take them out whether they feel it or not. So this is a very important thing to know about the uniqueness of Pesach and Korban Pesach specifically. Korban Pesach and Hallel go together. When they would prepare the Korban Pesach in the Beis HaMikdash, they would sing Hallel. When they would eat the Korban Pesach at night, a very unique thing to say Hallel at night, the only time that we do it is there at Pesach. There are many minhagim, um, certainly in Eretz Yisrael, people are more familiar with it to say Hallel in Shul after Mayrev, aside from the Hallel at the Seder. So he said, really, the Korban Pesach is all about Hallel. Now, Hallel isn't just pronouncing words. Hallel comes from the heart. Hallel means that you feel that you sing, and he brings a very fascinating proof for it. The halacha is, the Talmud Yerushalmi brings down, you're not allowed to use what's called lulav hayovesh, right? Someone wants to save a little money, he stuck his lulav in the closet after sukkahs, comes next sukkahs, he says, why should I pay so much money for a lulav? This one's still together, it's, it's, it's a little pale looking, a little dry, but uh, hey, you know, you can shake it. So he says, no, lulav hayovesh is possible. Why? Because the posuk says, Lo amesim The dead cannot sing halal to Hashem. And the idea of what we do with the lulav and the nanuim that we do with halal is an idea of halal. So therefore he says, if your heart is blocked and you have no regesh of chius, if you don't feel any lebedekite, any life in your Judaism, in your connection, so how are they going to do the carbon Pesach? This was the first formative carbon Pesach they were supposed to bring, and they couldn't sing. He says they were dead. And lo amesim yahaluluka. So here comes Moshe Rabbeinu's idea. Now I'll preface this. When I looked at this, and again and again, I said, I don't get this. Now that doesn't mean that there's a problem with the Shem Shmuel. That means there's a problem with me. Okay, and I tried to work on this, and you can help me as well. But here's what he says. This was Moshe's idea, Mishchu Yedecha Me'avodah You want to feel more in your Judaism? You want to be alive? You have to be alive? Back off from Avodah He says, because Avodah makes you dead. 
Why is that? There's a fascinating medrash. It says you're allowed to heal yourself if it's necessary with all sorts of things. Even if it's not kosher, if your life is in danger, you're allowed to heal yourself. Aside from avodah idolatry, if some doctor claimed he would sign on a guarantee that if you serve this idol, you'll get better. Or, again, something is forbidden because of Avodah It was something that was brought as a sacrifice to Avodah You can't do it. Gilu Arayus, to have forbidden relations? Sorry. And Shvichus Domim, certainly to kill anyone else, you're not allowed to. Because those things, in the very essence, are death. He said Avodah is called Cherem. Cherem means something which is totally destroyed, totally lifeless. And he says it has the same letters as Ramach, 248, the 248 limbs that are in our body, meaning one who's connected to idolatry is disconnected from life. Okay, so therefore, he says, Moshe Rabbeinu wanted them to be able to come alive. It was the time, he says, back off from Avodah Now, if you back off from Avodah then you'll be able to connect. He says, this was the Eitz of Moshe. Separate off from the idolatry as much as you can, and then you will feel yourself coming alive. So he's giving us a very fascinating and almost counterintuitive type of approach. You want to feel more positive about your Judaism. You want to feel more excited about it? Sur meirah, back off from the negatives. Now we always would think, dive into the positives. Sing a niggin, right? give some tzedakah, um, you know, something, uh, bake your matzahs with extra energy. Here he's saying what appears to us to be a negative, backing off, is your gateway to the positive, is your gateway to singing. And this is, very important. We tend to think, when we look at mitzvahs aseh, positive commandments, and mitzvahs lotaseh, we think, if I do a positive commandment, so I progress. I've changed the world. I've brought something into the world. If there's a negative commandment and tells you, I don't know, don't take interest from your fellow Jew, and you don't take interest, so we view that we kept the line level. I didn't go down. There was a chance here that I could have gone down, but I didn't. I'm still at the same level. He's saying no. When we do, so to speak, a mitzvah lotase, a don't do, something positive is happening. Okay? It brings very positive and powerful energy which is there. Now again, this is an act which you do. Chazal say that the reward for mitzvah lotase is particularly when you're in a situation where you have the opportunity. Sometimes you can get somebody, you'll say, why don't you do something about your Judaism? He says, do you realize how many mitzvahs I'm doing right now? I'm not murdering. I'm not serving idolatry. I'm not, you know, mixing up the incense in its exact proportions. You know, I'm doing endless mitzvahs, right? That isn't what it counts. But here, where there is the opportunity. And you step back, it's not just passive. It's not just something negative didn't happen here. This opens the gateways to something very positive. Okay, and this is what we're going to have to see. The way he describes it, he says, when you step back with this, you are able to connect the source of life 
which is in all of your limbs. And this is how it works. A Jew always has inside of him that neshama, that soul, that chelak elokamimal, that godly soul which is in there. The negative things create interference. The negative things block it. When a person backs off from something negative, so then you open the gateways to connect to that life that's in there and that's part of you. And the Shemi Shmuel, interestingly, this is where it gets more difficult, says this is the prescription for the Jewish people in all the generations. When you feel disconnected to your Judaism, he says you don't feel any life, any excitement about Kedusha. He says, Run away from that thing, which is the negative thing that's opposite of what you're trying to connect to positively. He says, now here's where it's hard. He says, this isn't so hard because we have free choice. Right? He says, and it's not like you have to go and do something. He's just telling you, don't do it. <laughs> he says, Sheva al That's not so hard. He said, aside from Rishoyim, total Rishoyim, whose heart right, is not in their control at all. But he says, the Jewish people, especially a person who wants to get closer, Hashem will help you. Right? So therefore, it should be easy for you to step back from that just with the simple saying, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. E-F-S-H-I. Don't get into all sorts of fancy reasoning. Don't these things. This thing is negative for me. I don't want to do it. Then the spirit of life will come into you. You'll become a different person. You'll feel. You'll have happiness. You'll have simcha. This is what he says. Okay, so this was hard for me. Again, probably because I'm a Russia. So I think, you know, all those things, it's really hard, right? It's really hard, especially if a person's habituated in something negative to just say no, right? And that's, that's hard. And I had more questions about this. Does it have to be total? Meaning, here in Mitzrayim, it really seems to step away entirely from Avodah Zarah. On the other hand, We'll speak about it maybe next week. We have the mysterious medrash that when the Jewish people came to Yamsuf, the Yam wanted to go on strike. Hashem said, split for my people. The Yam said, excuse me, halolo of de avodazar of halolo of de avodazar. These ones serve idols, those ones serve idols. The Egyptians and the Jews. Meaning even after the whole process, even after the Seder night in Mitzrayim, they were still viewed in a certain sense as of the Avodah There were still more stages that they had to go through. So perhaps that is a clue that what Moshe Rabbeinu demanded of them here of pulling back, it wasn't total and forever. But even that can be powerful, right? Even if you do it for a little bit. And it can be even in one specific aspect of your Avodah Hashem. Just one. Even if other negative things are going on, when a person pulls back from one, that creates an opening for the Kedusha to come in, for the Chiyus to come in. This is what I was thinking, but I wanted to be careful because, as they always quote, Rav Hutner said, he says, I don't mind if you say my Torah in your name, please don't say your Torah in my name. Right? So I don't want to be putting words in the, in the, Svath, in the Shem Yishmuel's mouth. But here's where Hashem helped me in a way that I find happens very often, 
and it particularly if I'm going to be speaking to other people, and that means it's the schus of the tzibur. Something's bothering me in my head. And I walk into a shul, and I find something floating around that's speaking about exactly what I was thinking about. This morning, okay, this morning I davened in a shul in Ramot. I'm a coin. I went up for Berkas Kohanim. I was up there a little bit before we had to go up. Now they bring out these little printouts of the Torah that the Kloisenberger Rebbe's at Sal said. Right, the, the Rebbe, Rebbe Kusil, Yehuda Albershtam of Kloisenberg, who built uh, Kiryat Sanz in Netanya. So they bring these out, and actually the Shul I Davenin often has them last, last Shabbos they had some, but people kind of grabbed them first. I didn't get a chance to look at it. So here I saw kind of a crumpled one on one of the benches in the Shul, and I happened to pick it up. And I flipped through, and this is what he said. He was speaking about the previous week's parsha, but it's exactly what we're talking about. He says... The Mitzrayim process begins with Hashem speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu in Egypt, which was a place of Tumah. Now he says, this is very hard to understand. This is a very important theme. A tzaddik in Judaism gets his power from the people. Right? One of the Clearest sources for that is after Cheta Egel, Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Lech red, go down. Meaning, he says, Red she brings down. Go down from your exalted position. You only got that because of these people. If they go down, you go down. Right? That's, that's the interaction between the people and the tzaddik. So, how is it if B'nai Yisrael were in Memtes Sharetuma that Hashem is speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu? There, in this land of Tuma, where transmission is very difficult, and he says, this is what Hashem wanted to show Moshe Rabbeinu. When you think the Jewish people are in trouble, what's going to save the Jewish people? And we imagine some storybook tzaddik, right, who's there, and he's learning, and he's davening, and he's doing tzedakah, and he's doing his kindness, and he does some tremendous act, and that saves the Jewish people. He says, wrong. The Yeshua will come from those Jews who are in the depth of Tumah. Klippos, like these husks of Tumah, they're enveloped in Tumah. And what will these people do? What we saw the Jews do. They side, or the better word for it, for those familiar with the Yiddish term, is something called a krechts. A krechts is like an old Jewish person sound that starts in the knees and comes like, oh, right, that, that's a krechts. So, so this is what they did in Mitzrayim. And that is what opened all the doors. That is what broke the power of Tumah that was imprisoning them in Mitzrayim. And this is what enabled Hashem to speak to Moshe Rabbeinu. He said, it's not who you think. Rechaim Shmulevitz, when the Mir Yeshiva were in bomb shelters during one of the wars here, and in the bomb shelter they were saying Tillam, and uh, it was dangerous. The, there were shells falling, you know, where the Mir Yeshiva is, is very close to the Jordanian territory in those days. And they made it through. And Rechaim spoke to the Talmudim afterwards. He says, you probably think that it was your Tillam that created that iron dome, right, that protected us. He says it wasn't. I'll tell you what it was. There was a woman with us there in the shelter who'd had a miserable life. 
She was terribly mistreated by her husband, abandoned by him. He said, I happened to hear her quietly talking to Hashem. She said, Shalom, I'll forgive him, you forgive us. So that was what did it. You wouldn't have noticed this woman. You wouldn't have known who or what she did. So oftentimes, he says, it's the actions of invisible people. And again, we're not saying that this woman was in the envelopment of Tuma. But here the Kleisenberg is saying even more, meaning not just a nice little simple woman that people don't notice. A person that's involved in negativity. He says that's the person who can be bringing it. He says this is the key which is there. So when Am Yisrael were of the Avodah Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, don't think that the Jewish people aren't worthy to come out because they serve Avodah He says that the praise of Hashem can come particularly from Rishoyim. Okay, this is a quote that he brought from the Medrash. Just as the praise of Hashem comes out from the words of the tzaddikim, who are sitting there with the Gemara here, and they're tilim there, right, in their tzedakah box, and they're saying, Hashem, you are great, and he's singing and praising. A Russia, and when we say Russia, we mean Russia, the praise of Hashem comes out there. How? Says the Kloisenberger. He says, if you have a Russia who's done all the Averis in the Torah, but there's one time that he remembers, I'm Jewish, I shouldn't do this. And at that time, he stops himself from the Avera, and he overcomes the fire of desire that's inside of him. And it's not for honor or because he's ashamed. It's because of Hashem. I remember I'm a Jew. Jews don't do these things. This is what it means that the praise of Hashem comes from the Rishayim. He says when he does this, even for one moment, one moment, the next day, could be he'll do that same thing. But at that moment he stopped, and he stopped for the right reasons. He says this is something that's hard for us to understand. This is one of the wonders of Hashem, but He revealed this to us. And this is a particular type of Kiddush Hashem that is so powerful and more powerful. Okay, now we have to try to think about this. Many Jews have some kind of red line, right? And to people who observe more Torah, a lot of times they kind of scoff at these red lines that the other person has. Meaning let's say a famous one, Sandy Koufax, the pitcher, did not play that game because it was in the World Series that came out on Yom Kippur. So, all right, you know, that, that was hard, that was good, but, you know, he breaks Shabbos every week, he's playing on every Shabbos. I, I saw this little documentary about Jews in England. Uh, it was about single Jews in England and their attempts to try to marry other Jews. So this one young man sat down with this young woman and the discussion was, how, how religious are you? He says, well, I don't keep kosher, but I don't eat pig. She says, well, I actually keep a kosher kitchen at home, but outside I eat everything, right? Pigs included. You know, so again, we look at this. <laughs> what is this? You know, you're sitting there eating the tray of beef with milk, right? She has the kosher kitchen at home, and she's eating shrimp. And don't laugh. Don't laugh. If that person is pulling back, now again, we're not talking about a design of Judaism like Reform did to design it, to pick and choose this way. This is a person who says, I'm not doing all these things, but there's something that I don't do because I'm Jewish. We don't realize that that may be more powerful than things that more visible Jews are doing. 
When that person sticks to that, to that red line, I knew a young man who, despite his background, ended up dating a non-Jewish woman. And he told me it broke up when she asked him and expected him to come to her family's Christmas dinner. And he said, I won't do that. And she was very insulted. He had actually brought her to his house for the Pesach Seder. Um, she said, you know, it's only fair. I came to your thing, you come to mine. And he, he just wouldn't do it. He didn't become right, the next film Magon, right? But that action itself may be far more powerful than many of the things that we see. It's hard to know. Okay, so therefore, this is what the Kloisenberger is telling us. He's teaching us. And uh, he says, this is something we have to realize in our generation. He says, first of all, we can't judge who's a tzaddik and who isn't. Hashem reveals himself and sends Moshe with the message to Paro, B'ni b'chari Yisrael. The Jews are my firstborn son, my chosen ones. Again, they're in the 49th gate of Tuma. They're serving idolatry. How can that be? How does he say it? Right? Don't we say that they're called his sons when they do what they're, he's supposed to be doing? So he says, it doesn't say that they're doing all the mitzvahs. It says, Osin ritzono shalmokom. A Jew who's doing Hashem's will, so to speak, is a child of Hashem. Now he says, When you look at them from the outside, you say, these people are big sinners. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu, only HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows a person's situation, a person's background, a person's inner world. The Rambam says that only HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows, right? Even if you decide, I'm going to follow someone around and mark down his mitzvahs and averis every day, so I'll decide if he's a tzaddik or a rasha. You can't. Because everything has relative weight that has to do with who this person is inside. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows. He says, These things are only weighed by the knowledge of Hashem who knows all these things. And He's the only one who knows how to weigh them and how to do them. So therefore, he says, a person who's mechaving the Shem Shamayim, you can have a person that seems like a person who does so many averas and doesn't do anything positive in Judaism. But in Shemayim, they can see something that he did, in which he did what Hashem wanted. And when he does that, that breaks the power of Tumah, as he says. It breaks the bonds that are holding Am Yisrael, oftentimes more than what anyone else sees. So this is, I think, the expansion of what the Shem Shmuel is saying. And it's a powerful Eitzah for a person to connect with their Judaism. It seems strange to have a person have some kind of thing I don't do. Usually when a person wants to approach Judaism, we'll say, well, start doing this or start doing that. And there's good reason for that, and we'll get to it in a minute. But if a person says, well, I don't do X, you have to strengthen that. And that don't do can be the person's gateway to connecting to all the do's of Judaism as well. Okay, so these things that exist among so many Jews, and this is, we say, Ratzah HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Zakas Yisrael HaKadosh Baruch Hu, wanted to give Am Yisrael merit, the Fikah, Chirbalem, Torah Mitzvahs. He gave them so many different Torah Mitzvahs. 
The Gemara in Makas talks about the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us not to eat blood and not to eat bugs. Okay? And they say this is the example of Hashem wanting to give Am Yisrael merit, giving us so many mitzvahs. So who wants to eat blood and who wants to eat bugs? Right, we won't go into the black pudding in England or assorted um, insect protein uh, treats that they make nowadays. Okay, but this, who wants to eat that? El Israel. Hashem says, I'm giving you an easy red line. Don't eat bugs. Don't eat bugs. Right? Don't eat blood. Set that. You can at least put that and you say, I'm a Jew. I don't eat blood. I don't eat bugs. You offer me a plate of ants? No, sir. I'm a Jew. Right? I may eat ham. I may eat this, but... HaKadosh Baruch Hu tried to give us so many different places in which we can do that, and that pulling back can enable us to connect. Okay, now let's try to take a look. I'll just mention also um, a famous approach Rizal Salanter had when he was in France. So it was a situation there where many of the Jews would come to shul, but then they would go to work afterwards. So his approach was he would approach a Jew he would say, tell me, um, when you open your store on Shabbos, you, you carry the key? He says, well, yeah, that's how I open it. He said, what if you would hide the key someplace on Friday? And then right by the door, dig a hole, and then you could open it up. He says, Rabbi, I work on Shabbos. He says, okay, okay, but you could probably do that, right? I said, I guess so. He said, do that. Guy starts doing it. In a few weeks, he says, tell me, in the store on Shabbos, do you write things down? He says, yeah, occasionally, you know, an order or I would make a note, we need more inventory or someone bought something on credit. Probably not so much. Probably you could write it all down Saturday night, couldn't you? He said, Rabbi, I'm, I'm running a store on Shabbos. Okay, could you do that? Eventually these people became Shomer Shabbos. To know the value of that and of those lines is very, very important. Okay. Now, let's take a look just at the other side, because it's true. When someone approaches us and they're interested in Judaism, we don't start off saying, don't eat bugs, right? Or, or saying, okay, make a red line and don't eat pork. Usually we tell them, you know, come experience a Shabbos. We're not even telling them necessarily. You have to keep everything, just experience it. Come to our sukkah, shake a lulav, come to hakafas, light some Hanukkah candles, the do's. Now, this is a very tricky theological question. Because when you're connected to all the negativity, that negativity really limits the possible impact of the mitzvahs that you're doing. It may even, in its harshest sense, when you see it in the books, kind of pollute the mitzvahs we're doing. And it may even allow negative forces to draw energy from the mitzvahs that we're doing. You can find these things in the svarim. And that could cause a person to make a very big mistake and say, okay, well, because I do these negative things, my mitzvah is going to be yucky, right? Why should I put on tefillin right, when I do this and I do that and I do the other thing? Don't make that mistake. Says the Yoshe Divrei Emes, right, of um, Fivishes Zabrij, his name was, Talmud of the Magid of Mezrich. He, after going on for a few chapters about how you really have to separate from negative things in order to really do your mitzvahs properly, he says, ahuvi, My beloved one, He says, don't let your yetzer tell you that now you've got no chance. What is our positive actions worth? It doesn't even have a small smidgen 
of the lofty derech that I described as the ideal way to serve Hashem. He says, but you have to be smart. He says you have to serve Hashem in two ways, right? You can't be arrogant. It's viewed as an abomination. But you can't be too lowly and too hard on yourself because that gets a person to stop from doing the things that they have to do. He says, get these thoughts out of your head, right? Just do the things that you're able to do. Don't let a voice tell you, who are you to enter the Hechel of Hashem? Right? You're about to go, you want to walk in shul, and this voice says, come on, how dare you walk into a shul after what you did? Something like this, don't listen to it. He says, you're full of bad attributes. You're full of terrible transgressions, Averis. It's true. And you've got to fix those things up. But nonetheless, don't let anything tell you that you can't jump in, even to jump into the positives with that. He brings from the Maggid of Mezrich. The Pasuk says, Tov Hashem Lakol. We translate it as, Hashem is good to everyone. He explains it as, Hashem is good for everything and everyone. Right? It's like you're advertising some medicine. This is good for whatever ails you. He says, Hashem is good for tzaddikim, Hashem is good for Hashem. Right? He says, the only answer that we have is to get as close to Hashem as we can. And then that'll help things and it'll clear it up and it'll get the things going. So this is why, despite the fact that we say that oftentimes you need to open the gates of the positive by stepping back from the negative, if a person doesn't feel they have the strength, or they're overwhelmed by the fact that even if they step back from a little bit of negative, there's so much negative there, that cannot and should not stop you from jumping into the positive. Because those positive things are powerful and they mean things. Chaim of Chernovitz, the Beremayim Chaim said, Hashem didn't just give the Torah to Tzadikim. If he wanted to do that, he would have given it to Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. Or he would have given it just to Moshe and Aaron. He gave it to that mass of people, the 600,000 people, which represented all of our neshamas, including us, every neshama that would be in Jewish history, no matter how bashmutzed it got and whatever thing, the Torah was given to that and to that person. And he was, it was given with love and it was given with simcha. So he says, I'll call mitzvah of a mitzvah on any particular mitzvah. Shel apochos shepachusim of the lowest of the low in Am Yisrael, there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of spiritual worlds that depend on that. Okay? And so much would be missing without that little mitzvah. So I'm saying this to balance out. We saw the power of stepping back and pulling back to enable you to connect to the positives of Judaism. But nonetheless, never let that rubric, and it seems to be there in the Pasuk Sur Meirava Asetov, but Many tzaddikim in the Nesiva Shalom of Slonim has a whole piece of many prokim about this. Times sometimes require different types of approaches. Sometimes a person has to do some asayatov to have any motivation for the Sur Meirah. And this is what's called Bederech Diluk. Sometimes you can jump. Sometimes, and that was what happened to Bnei Yisrael on Pesach, that they raised up. And he said, our generation is clearly that. Our generation is one where people who are very far away are able to latch on to a mitzvah. And that mitzvah then can elevate them and get them to do so many more things. Okay, so it's important to remember that. 
And uh, this ties in, we'll finish with this, a very famous saying in Chabad. Others bring it down as well, but it became like a, a banner. Okay, the original statement was, um, used to go around in the world. This is the way the fourth Rebbe of Chabad, the Marash, he said this. I'll say it in Yiddish and translate. He said, The Welt sagt, as Eubin kann nicht aruntergehen, men arribe, geht men arribe. Aber ich sag, as men geht de chatchila arribe. Okay, that means, you bump into an obstacle in your life. The world says, if you can't get under it, so try to go over it. He said, I say, Start off going over, right? Shoot high. Go up, go over. So that became this motto in a couple of ways. One is that kind of uh, almost uh, unbelievable braveness you see, you know, of a Chabadnik who comes into a certain town and just sets up shop, you know, or something like this. They say, how in the world are you doing this? <laughs> I'm just doing it. I'm just going it. It was famous that the, either the Rebbe said this or the Hasidim said it about it. One time, the 1950s, Tashlech, he was always said Tashlech in Prospect Park. And it was this one day, for whatever reason, they had locked the fence around the lake there in Prospect Park. And he came out there with all the Hasidim, and he said, and he climbed up the fence, and then all the Lubavitchers just, you know, hit that fence and climbed over with him. But there's another aspect to it as well. The Chathila Ribber applies when you have a Jew, and this Jew is really disconnected. All right, so you may think, okay, we have to go from under. Get him to stop eating treif, getting to stop. Put tefillin on him. Tefillin. Do you realize what that hand was doing? Do you realize what that hand will be doing? That especially in these days, in these times, there is the ability to connect to that, and then that can give the person the strength to sur meirah, and then the cycle goes on and on. Sur meirah and asetov, and the asetov leads to sur meirah. So this is what we have. I'll just mention this from the Swasemis, because the Yartzeit is coming. He explained that Meshuch. Right, Mishchu Khu, to pull Am Yisrael away, he says you have to realize that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was told. The Jewish people didn't look like much. But because everything a Jew has is already there inside, all you have to do is pull them away a bit from whatever is blocking them, and then you see it, and then it comes out. So we have to believe in ourselves, we have to believe in others, and that's the true Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And to know that there are heroes around us that we may never see, but to know that they're there, and sometimes that person you think you're looking down on is far greater than you ever knew. Have a wonderful night, a wonderful week. Cultivate.